we're back. Long layoff. Although for the listener, it was a longer layoff than <laughs> for the participants of this podcast. I, I didn't clarify that, that up. I'll clarify that comment because Matt, first of all, it's just me and Jeff tonight. Uh, Matt and Jeff and I did a podcast two weeks ago that was, uh, I can't even, I, I'm finding it hard to describe it, which is probably why the pe- episode didn't work. Dog shit. It was, it was songs that have been co-opted by movies as in, it was an existing song that a movie has used and has now changed the relevance of that song or the way that you listen to that song. And it did not work <laughs> at all. We did it. It was, a, it was about an hour and a half. We got done with it. And I said, guys, I don't think that was very good. And we said, well, let's listen to it. Like maybe it'll be better. And so on top of worry about being sued for copyright infringement, it just was, <laughs> it was really bad. So I don't know. It might be one of those things where, you know, when we launched the never ending queue podcast universe, maybe we'll do like a lost episode and, and people can have that. Um, no, no, we won't. It's been deleted. There was a way to do that, and the way I set it up was was not that. Yeah, and it's I a think, good playlist. It's, I it's think a, you uh, could tell, like within the first five minutes, we were all looking at each other, like, "This is going to be just a, a hangout time for us. We're going to have to muscle through this." And that's it. That's I had a good time. But kudos to you for being brave enough immediately after we stopped recording to say, "Hey guys, I don't ever want that to see the light." Like and for being able, yeah, for being able to parse out like, you know, the normal bad episodes from the, that is not worth anyone's time. <laughs> right. Like, and the listener right now is like, look, man, you've put out a lot of episodes and they're not all real good. So yeah. the, the know, scenario know that had, we know yeah. that, know that we know that there are bad episodes that we have released. So now understand how bad this was. That's and it wasn't, point. it wasn't poor. It just didn't work. Didn't work. Tried it. Didn't work. My the the nightmare scenario I kept running in my head was we air it. It's it's terrible, which would have no ramifications on my everyday life. We'd lose zero but, listeners. But we we lose zero <laughs> listeners. But then we're we're sued. We're sued by you know one of the many uh, artists, RCA right by RCA. We're dragged into court, and then this terrible episode has to get played over and over again over, during a trial, in which case all of us lose our jobs. <clears throat> You'd rather Family, be Amber Heard pooping in bed at that point. like. <laughs> so yeah, Barstool, somebody would pick it up, is like, look at this trial. These dum-dums <laughs> aired hours of content, or not hours, minutes of, of music content. Yeah, and then they, they start going to. through the back catalog of like, you know, what else is in here? Can you believe <laughs> these guys thought starting at zero to nine on the Rotten Tomatoes was listenable? It might be worth it just to expose Devo for not knowing what the Mask of Zorro was. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could go destitute and go to jail just to run, have it, that run it all the way back to uh, Matt's infamous Pearl Harbor take. Yeah, they, yeah. That Matt would get an extra five two. years. You think the judge would give Matt an extra five? Yeah. <laughs> Look, you two get a lot of community service. Son, you're going away. You're going away. You were a danger to society. You need to be reformed. Yeah, federal. And yeah, federal. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt's not here to defend himself. He's. Uh, I, I was going to say he's in timeout for mentioning Point Break after we told him not to again. 
but he's just he's doing work and family stuff. So probably is in timeout. I mean, probably. Yeah. So it's just me and Jeff tonight. Topic is uh, movies that have been based on on TV shows. Basically, a TV show exists. It comes and goes. And then a movie comes along and says, hey, that's that's known IP that audiences are already familiar with. That'll get that'll get butts and seats. And they make the movie. So what what doesn't count here is uh, Entourage, Sex and the City. Those those had movies that were made at the end of the the TV show runs as an extension of the show. So those don't count here. Jeff, I know you're crestfallen because those are both shows that are clearly in your wheelhouse. Um, you know, looking back, I think we talked about this already. Looking back, like I don't know. I mean, I loved Entourage. And a lot of people loved Entourage. And you know what show I've never gone back and revisited? And I've had no desire to go back and revisit. I don't even know why I liked it. I don't even know why I had a rooting interest in why. Like, it wasn't that. I don't think it was that funny. It was just like Jeremy Piven says outlandish things. I think it hit us at the exact right time of like, it was college years. It was still... Like, I remember we watched it. One guy had HBO on our floor in college. And we'd go to his room on Sunday night to watch it. Like, and there was a big social aspect of it. Streaming wasn't a thing yet. That's true. So I think it was one of the last ones where, like, you couldn't binge it. It was hard to catch up on it. DVRs barely existed. There was, like, TiVo, right? So you had to kind of sit down and watch it. And then, obviously, DVD sets and everything started coming out. But... Yeah. I think it was timely for where we were demographically, but I agree. It's funny that you say that because we I was away with my uh, sister and her fiance this weekend, hanging out, and Entourage came up, and we were like, "We should we we should rewatch that." And then, like five minutes later, I was like, "Yeah, let's just watch something else." Yeah, let's not do that. Like the gifts. I mean, I don't think up. it was poor. It wasn't poorly made. The production was fine. It just like I don't. Looking back at the premise now, it doesn't seem that interesting. I think it was basically just like fame porn, and we again. People yeah. like watching that. I don't know. Yeah. And the more yeah. weird Marky Mark gets, the less cool Entourage is. Yeah. None of those guys really went on and did anything either. Nothing. Um, nothing. Yeah. Which is always the joke that Adrian Grenier was a terrible actor. And just, he seemed the least likely to be the movie star of that group. I guess Jeremy Piven kept going, but he was an entity prior, though. Yeah. I actually see his wife pop up and stuff more than any of the other guys that were the main yeah, characters in the that's show. Right. Yeah. I mean, the cameos and, yeah. in that show were great. I think, but they, that's true. But there was always a cameo, you know, in hindsight, it, they, they leaned a lot on that. Yeah. You kind of had to have it. Anyway, good seeing you, Jeff. That was, uh, that was talking entourage. <laughs> entourage. Entourage. The office doing that kind of rip the facade off is like you know michael scott loves this show like think about yeah. that <laughs> so anyway we're gonna we're going Me to at 18 uh, and michael scott <laughs> we are going to uh each draft a top 10 we'll go fast don't abandon the podcast yet uh and that's really it yeah just a, a straight you go i go no points i'm sorry to disappoint you I'm sure your yeah. list will be better than mine. If it makes you feel any better, but <laughs> I love that you have a shared list up. If you're th- if you're out there thinking 
there can't be that many of these movies. There are 40 of these at that least, we're looking at right at now. At least 40. Yeah. I'm sure and I'm going to tell you, the majority of them, the Rotten Tomato scores are not good. Yeah, what's the average there? The average of the ones that I pulled, and a lot of the bad ones were not pulled because I figured that we wouldn't uh, wouldn't really need them. 44% on average. Okay. Baseball, explain to me again this difference yeah. between some of these movies I'm looking at and why, for instance, Entourage doesn't count. Because the same actors that were in Entourage were in the movie. Understood. The movie Understood. is in a continuation of the of the story. Whereas, let me pick one that's not going to get picked. I don't think Lost in Space is going to come up. Correct. That was a 1998 movie from the TV remake of the TV show from the 60s. I think starred, I know Heather Graham was in it. I was in a big Heather Graham crush phase at the time. And uh, man, I am blanking. Matt LeBlanc uh, was was the other big name in that. That is just a straight, hey, I think people remember Lost in Space. Let's remake that and let's see if we can make, you know, 40 million on that. A lot of those movies in the mid 90s. Got it. I'll probably ask you like two more times and then then I'll get it. That's okay. Got it. That's okay. I'm going to let you go first if you want to go first. And no snake draft. We're just with two people. That's ridiculous. Just you go, I go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with 2006 as Miami Vice. Out of the gate. Yeah. Low RT score of 47. Um, I think Miami Vice was, for me at least, um, the show was before my time. Uh, but those listening might say, well, that's right. You up your alley, but it was not, not, not old enough for me to like it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but obviously an iconic show, uh, y- you know, um, but I thought this was a, a really good reboot of a movie. You have Colin Farrell in it. Um, and what Jamie Foxx, right? Jamie Foxx. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Michael I, Mann I, directing. Yep. Right. 2006. That's a pretty headlined uh, cast right there. They did a, a really good job, in my opinion, of bringing in all the great things from the show, which was like expensive cars and boats and like a day trip to go get a mojito in Cuba and come back. All of that was well done. And then you still had the somewhat buddy cop bad boys aspect of it, too. What I didn't like about it was that it felt like bad boys. It felt yeah. like a, a, it felt more like a shitty bad boys than it did a reboot of Miami Vice. But Colin Farrell's hair is like unreal in this movie. And as a man oh, yeah. who's follically challenged, I think about it a lot. Colin Farrell having a heck of a year. Yeah, he really is. Banshees is coming out and uh, actually tomorrow. I can't uh, wait. Tomorrow? In select theaters. Going wide, and uh, I looked. It's it is select, not in Philadelphia. Believe it or not, yeah, we can we can uh, we can fly to L.A. or or drive to New York. That's all right. I'll just our families would be right. You can approve it. Right. (laughs) Spend all the podcast earnings one shot. Uh, sorry, Matt. Um, there's a way that they could have done this, especially as as 
in the 80s as Miami Vice was, it surprised me that they didn't go the ridiculous, you know, kind of what Starsky and Hutch was, like the Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson. We're, we're going to make this uh, a a broad comedy that riffs on the style at the time. Instead, they leaned way into it, which is probably the reason why is probably because Michael Mann was attached yeah, to it. It was his show. He's going to, he's not going to make a mockery of his own show. Um, I only saw this a couple of times. I remember thinking that Ron Tomato score is pretty accurate. Like, yeah, that's good. It but, could have easily have been a Michael Bay movie. Like you could have tricked me easily that as well. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So right out of the gate, but I like, right. you know, I don't like go fast boats, but I, I like watching these guys rip around in them. It pop over to Cuba. Yeah. Pop back. Yeah. All right. So that's off the board. Cough button. Uh, I'm going to go with. It's right down the middle, but I'm going to say Mission Impossible. Okay. And I mean, I'll only count the first one because I think after that, then it kind of became people went to go see the Mission Impossible movies because it's the Mission Impossible movie franchise, not. Hey, I remember the show from the seventies, I think. Um, and this is the Brian De Palma one. This is the one that feels the least like any of the other Mission Impossibles. Um, sixty-six percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which is the lowest of of anyone in the franchise. Um, actually, no, I took that back. Two is fifty-seven percent. Three is seventy-one percent, which is that feels wrong. That feels like because everyone just hated Tom Cruise at the time, because I think three is one of the best ones. That's a Philip Seymour Hoffman one. But anyway, uh, just really well done. Good cast. Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames. Get a few minutes of Emilio Estevez at the beginning. John Voight. Yeah. Can't go wrong. That's our first pick. Back to you. Unless you have more on Mission Impossible, but I feel like we've kind of beat that one to no, right, we've spot. talked about Mission Impossible a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Is there an order to this? Like, are we? I sorted draft, it, right? It's a draft. I, yeah. A draft. I sorted the list by, uh, well, first I sorted it by my best to worst, but I didn't want to do that because then that would just give you yeah. my draft order. So I, yeah. I sorted it by year. Uh, there is one from, from no, I'm not going to say it because I think you're going to find it on your own. It's one that we've texted about before. Casper. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just take it now. <laughs> I wanted to take it later, but I'll just take it now because I said it out loud. And let's just talk about the text. So I don't know if you, the listener, I don't know if you've been able to understand something here. Kurt is not Googling things as he's talking about. Them. He's an encyclopedia of cinematography in a way that I can't fundamentally understand. Can't I'm, I'm kind of okay with this, like with cars maybe, or, or a few other like random things that provide no value. Uh, nothing that I'm involved with on a podcast basis. So therefore, you know, really shortchanging myself. I texted Kurt a screenshot of an IMDB. Let me pull it up. Uh, cast list. And it wasn't the starring cast. It was, oh, I have to find it. Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson, Rodney Dangerfield. Right. 
That was it. Right. And there's and one it, other one too. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And it says for, for Clint Rodney and for, uh, I can't find the text anywhere. That's a shame. You'd think I would have been more prepared. Anyhow. Shocking. Yeah. For Clint Rodney and, uh, uh, really handsome Mel Gibson at the time. Stunning. Yeah. Uh, strong jaw. Um, Real strong jaw. It just says self. But then Dan Aykroyd is his character in, in Ghostbusters. And I, I send, which might have been the lead, but I send that, just that tight screenshot to Kurt. And I send him this movie. And without hesitation, like three seconds later, Casper comes back. Um, I was blown away. I got up and had to do a lap around my house because I couldn't believe he got <laughs> it so quickly. For those of you that don't remember that scene, it is when Bill, uh, uh, shit. Uh, Bill Pullman. Yeah, Bill Pullman is invaded by all three brothers of Stinky, Fatso, and uh, Stretch, and they superimpose those faces onto his face in the mirror. I think the show was whatever, right? It was like a cartoon. It was a billion years ago. Yeah. Um, it was fine. Our parents loved it. Uh, this movie still holds up to a degree, to a degree. Yeah. What I like about this movie as a parent is that it's pretty quick. Like, I remember this movie having much longer plot lines and thinking that it was a much bigger movie. And we watched it's this not. thing yeah. super efficiently. Like, they move right through it, Moving. which is great. Um, things that don't hold up are any of the CGI, uh, a lot of the plot. And then if you have kids that are still a little unsure about death, not great. Because you get into this debate of, well, what's the difference between the ghost and the angel? Where did their bodies go? Uh, it leads down to a very long conversation that you're not looking to have at like seven o'clock at night. So maybe wait till they're older and understand that when you die, you know, uh, physically, that's it. Yeah, the, my kids watched this uh, last Halloween, which is probably why it was more front of mind when you sent that text. Because I remember thinking like, wow, these were they really got these guys to, you know, they convinced Clint Eastwood to do, you know, not even half a day of work although knowing eastwood i'm sure it was one take like we got it let's go that's good no clint can we do one more no yeah <laughs> i have places to go uh yeah i forgot that scene where he he kind of remembers his they find that lazarus room and, and he kind of remembers like who he was and he's like sitting there and like recalling his the sled and like he got sick and then like him yeah. dying and like it's, right. it's it's like, oh, this is a. Uh, I remember this this little life, <laughs> this little heavy section in the middle that kind of went right over my head as we watched as a family in the Monon Theater in, in 1995. I, that's I kind of like I mentioned that then in the mid early to late 90s there were a ton of these type of movies. Do you feel like they the the studio's mentality was, hey, the parents remember this show enough that they know what the content is. And if we market it a certain way, then kids will be at least interested in seeing it. This will be an easy way to get an entire family into a theater. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, and we're seeing that to a degree now, right? Like you're seeing reboots of Re right. Toy Story, right? Like Mighty Ducks. Right. Mighty Ducks. Like On Disney streaming Plus. Services. Right. Yeah. Disney Plus is just cranking these things out from the from the early 90s early to mid nineties for, for all of the parents of those children now. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's a playbook there. Yeah. 
right. but, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Casper. Less right. fart jokes than I remember. I thought that Stinky had a lot more going for him. Uh, Fatso, I think, was more fart jokes than Stinky. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah, right. yeah, just throwing curveballs left and right, Casper. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with I think what's the highest percentage on this list? It's 1993's The Fugitive. Great movie. Uh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean. It, I, it holds up as a legit oh, yeah, i didn't i mean if they named this something else and you didn't know it was based on the show i mean the one-armed man really ties it back but if they just made this and called it something else i mean if they had i mean the sequel was u.s marshals with the Tommy Lee jones character right um i don't know if they just called it something else i think it would have been as equally as successful it may, may have not as gotten as many people into the theater because they wouldn't have known again immediately you, you know the gist of what you're about to see um really kind of the last i mean harrison ford i don't think it, the the fame run lasts too much longer after this i don't th- I, I get the impression the late 90s i don't think we're kind to him i think it was a lot of the six days seven nights and uh, uh that horror movie he did with michelle pfeiffer uh what lies beneath mm-hmm. like a lot of like that so like the devil's own with with brad pitt which like harrison ford and brad pitt should have been like oh great money Stop drilling, you hit oil. It's like, eh. um, yeah, this is a nice little run, though. A lot of golly guys would would kill to have this kind of run, but yeah, I mean, the fugitive. I mean, I feel like the you know, oddly enough, the Tommy Lee Jones character I think lives on more than than when I th- when I think of this movie, I think of Tommy Lee Jones. I don't think of Harrison Ford really, which I don't know if that's the if that was their intent going in. I'm sure it wasn't, but yeah. You watch this very much? I don't. Uh, I, I'm shocked to see it on here uh, that high. I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, it holds up. A lot of uh, very you know, kind of opposite of your Casper point. Very little CGI in that. Just a straight kind of chase movie and evasion. Yeah. Man, there's uh, just look at this list, and there's just so many I I hate. Like the, like it would be. A lot easier, I think, for me to give you a top ten worst, because um, there's just, a, I think, a lot of bad. That would have been more here. fun, to, yeah. Um. All right, I'm, this is just going to be a '90s run for me. I think I just have to accept that. I'm going to go with the Little Rascals in '94. Yeah. Um, it's hard to screw up. I think the Little Rascals because it's just. It feels like a comic. Um, you have so many different characters that are cartoon characters, in a th- right? Like, yeah, it's easy to kind of put anybody into that role, assuming they can, like Alfalfa. Like, all you gotta do is spike up the hair, right? Um, stymie, get the bowler hat. Um, so, I really, you know, you got Mel Brooks in here um whoopies in there so you know you're getting some early 90s high heat out of whoopie um i thought the movie was really good i think it definitely one thing that i think about with these with these uh or this category is like did it make you want to go back and watch the other stuff and when i was five and this came out i wanted more little rascals i had probably never seen one episode of the show right 
but now I have a taste of this chaos, right? And this little gang sabotaging everything, Darla and, and all that. So, I, yeah, I mean, it pushed me when I was five to go back and want to watch more. It works really well with kids, I think, because it's just it's a lot of just kids being kids and it culminates in in the big go-kart race, right. um, which is like something it's just very simple and straightforward. And yeah, it basically plays like a cartoon. I mean, they do the thing where they they put on a big overcoat and they stack kids on top <laughs> of each other. And I mean, that's, you know, what's the number uh, to 911? Yeah. like Yeah. It's yeah. 23 percent doesn't surprise me, but it's it's right down the middle. I don't think any of those kids went on to become anybody. I don't think. Nothing. Nothing. I'm looking at it now. I mean, Darla was Brittany Ashton Holmes. Nope. She had like a lot of mediocre stuff. That um, seems about right. Nothing of substance. I don't think anybody did anything. Mel Brooks had a pretty good career. Um, <laughs> but I don't know when he looks back at the, you know, what launched him. And I'm, I'm not sure this is it. Keep your eye on that guy. Froggy, places. nothing. Porky, nothing. It's a lot of sitting around the dinner table telling their kids one more time about, hey, you guys want to watch The Little Rascals? Like, no, Dad. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to watch the movie you were on. No, I don't. When it's honey, it's honey, I Shrunk the Kids on? I'd rather watch that. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, so that's your three. I'm going to go with uh, 21 Jump Street for my three. It's a movie I talked about a lot. I didn't see it. Just a really... Son of a bitch. This is the right way to do that. This is the right way to remake a show and do it, do it, or you know, the movie version of a TV show. That do it tongue in cheek. Uh, it's just again, this is another one where they they had just made. If it wasn't tied to, to original IP, it just would have been a really funny movie with an easy to understand premise. And I love that they didn't get hung up on on getting actors that look like they were in high school. Jane <laughs> <Jenny> Tatum. <laughs> They say it in the movie, like, like you look like a 27 year old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't really have. I mean, Rob, the, you, then you, you kind of on the fringes, you sprinkle around, you get Jake Johnson as the principal, you get Rob Riggle uh, as, as the villain, as a villain. Johnny Depp pops up, spoiler alert, um, you know, as, as the one of the originals. Um, and the sequel was good. I don't know if it, there was a uh, when the Sony email leak happened. I don't know if it was real or not, but like there was there were emails going around. This is the only thing I remember from the email leak was that they were talking about combining the Men in Black franchise with Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I was thinking there's a way that you could do that 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 would be entertaining, and there's a way that you could do that where that would be like, oh my god, like please just make something original like this. You don't need to keep you know Frankensteining this stuff together. So. But like I said, first one works really well. And uh, yeah. It it would have been Matt's pick. Uh, probably would have been his number one overall. So definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's good that it's out there. Um, and I didn't see it, to be honest with you, uh, on this list. Because I hid it from you. I'm keeping all the good stuff for myself. Just super prepared all the time. <laughs> That's what I'm known for on this podcast. Still got time. Um, all right, I'm going to go with the Wild Wild West. Uh, 1999. Uh, Will Smith, Kevin Klein. What a wild movie. I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on here. Uh, you're on a train. There's a lot of gadgets. 
uh, for me in 99, I mean, Will Smith's coming off a lot of really good stuff. He, I believe, put out an album with this movie, which was awful. Uh, surprisingly, though, not the worst thing he's ever done. Um, apparently, smacking Big the fan of stand up comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I had never seen the TV show. No. Uh, I still don't think I have. Um, no. But to that end, that was a TV show that could have come, gone, and nobody would have remembered it. You know, it was in the early to late 60s. Um, and then this was a very, this to, opposite to your point of like, hey, these parents remember the show. It's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it was a, a good way of revitalizing something and giving, giving uh, breath to something that was very well dead uh, with great 90s CGI. It's weird that Kenneth Branagh is the villain in this. And it's weird that he's in a wheelchair. And it's, yeah, there's just a lot of decisions that were made that were unfortunate. I mean, I think the famous story from this is that Will Smith turns down the Matrix to do Wild Wild West. And like that, that, that gets a lot of publicity, but like, I forget what actor said it or what director said it, but like nobody knows when they're reading scripts, like what's going to work and what's not. Um, I'm sure every actor has some what could have been moment like that. You know, it's interesting though. I mean, you look at that. Let's take the slap out of the conversation. Right. Let's go pre-slap. Still worked for Will. I mean, head to head against Keanu, he blew him out of the water in earnings and popularity and fame over the course of his career. So had he taken the Matrix... That would be yeah, very upset right now. (laughs) I know. But I mean, had he taken the Matrix, would he be more famous? I don't know, marginally. Not, you know, he'd he'd have that trilogy in his, in his, uh, on his resume, but I don't think it hurt him. I feel like this was though kind of the end of the Will Smith run that started with kind of with bad boys and then like independence day kicked the door down. And then men in black was like the absolute apex. I think this was the end of campy 90 movies. That's probably true too. I mean, granted it's 99. So you have to run out of steam there in 12 months, but (laughs) by, by definition. Yeah. (laughs) But like things really started to turn a corner on like, this is good, but we all know it's not. You know, like a big spider that shoots fire, you know. It, yeah, just because it comes out in July and you tell me this is, you know, the best thing of yeah. the year, I'm, I can push back on that. Right. Um, and obviously, yeah, to your point, Will Smith's career has been fine since then. Um, up until. Up until. Yeah. Just, don't bring into black tie events and, and you'll be okay. Uh, I am going to go with... Uh, I love a good I love a good Denzel kicking ass movie we all know where I stand on Man on Fire so that's why uh, I'm going to go with The Equalizer which I'll be honest when I watched the movie didn't know it was a show originally Um, I think that's okay absolutely okay movie worked just fine without it only time he's come back and done a sequel uh, was was, uh, for this paycheck of a movie and he's really good in it great there is there is not much you need to understand he was he was a badass he stopped being a badass he gets 
you know, they drag him back in. This is one of the all time. They, you know, I was out and they pulled me back in and, and then just lay in waste. And I love the setting in the end of, of, uh, in a hardware store where there's just naturally more stuff everywhere you look, there's something that could maim, kill, destroy another human being. And they use it in full. And he's just, you know, calm, cool and collected guy. Just plays the role really well. That's all you need. Anton Fuqua recognizes that. That's it. I think it was him anyway. But 60% of Rotten Tomatoes, that's uh, it's a little low, lower than what I thought, but didn't matter. Still raked at the box office, to your earlier point. Yeah, and, you know, and it breathes life into something that was dead. Yeah. Um, another one I didn't know was a show. Really good movie, though. Uh, 82% are here. Brian De Palma's The Untouchables. Didn't know it was a show either. I actually listened to the rewatchables, and they said, like, you know, they mentioned in passing, like, you know, not really much like the show. And I perked up and I was like, the show? Oh, this is in play? All right. <laughs> yeah. I I am intrigued to now go find this show. Apparently um, not like the movie at all. Like, at all. Huh. But you think that has anything to do with casting? Because this is a well-casted film. Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, uh, Andy Garcia, uh, you know, fairly heavy hitters. Brian De Palma's behind the, the uh, camera here. The show, let me look it up. While you're looking that up, David Mamet writing the screenplay. Right. Of, of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross fame. Another recent rewatchables. Uh, uh, the show, Robert Stack. Was really? he the guy from uh, FBI's Most Wanted? Remember that show? I don't remember that show. I can read you 10 names here. You're not going to remember any of them. He's in Airplane. That's how I know him. Is he the guy he's, that uh, does the... Uh... Striker. He, he's the, or no, he's not Striker. He's the guy who comes in. He takes the, the double pair of sunglasses off. <laughs> um, it's, it's a good thing he doesn't know I hate your... <laughs> I hate his guts. Man, I really right. messed that up. You but the show is 59 to 63. I mean, yeah, All right. no. okay, Ron. Okay, Ron. I feel like probably, back actually, then, though, probably a good great. show. I, you know what? I bet you. So I was telling you before, everybody knows I'm a big fan of MeTV, and there's a lot of shows I think should have been made into movies, but they might trip up your casting issue um, because some of those shows I think do need the same cast in order for them to work. I found a new channel for those of you that enjoy uh, falling asleep uh, and it's called the decades channel. I wouldn't be surprised if this show, the untouchables is on there because it goes all the way back to the fifties. The decade might be on there. Yeah. Relive, remember, relate the decades channel for Jeff O'Donnell for me (laughs) at 11 o'clock at night when I can't fall asleep. There you go. More melatonin. All right, go ahead. That's a solid pick. That's your five. Uh, my mean, five, I'm, I'm going with what I know is not a good movie, but I just, I'm a sucker for the cast. And I think that the action's solid. It's 2010's The A Team. Uh, you know, you talk about casting Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper, 
Charlie Copley. Liam Neeson coming off a big run with Taken, too. Big, big run. Yeah. Bradley Cooper coming off The Hangover. Uh, hadn't really gotten into action movie territory, I don't believe. Limitless was... No, it's not really an action movie. Um, hey, Limitless, there's a movie that, that the opposite. They uh movie that turned into a TV show, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Biel, I think, was in this. And I can't remember who the villain was. I think it's... Uh, josh lucas but oh no no it's uh oh what's his name oh it's gonna drive me nuts he's in watchman um this is thrilling podcasting patrick wilson that's his name that's it nailed it um yeah i didn't say anything because i i thought you'd get it and uh Who's the well? Here's another one I'm blanking on. The guy they've got to play, uh, BA. Um, he's an MMA fighter. Why are you looking that up? Not that it matters. People know who I'm talking about. I mean, a tank falls out of a plane and they they use the cannon to Rampage shoot down Jackson. drones. There we go. Rampage Jackson. They use the cannon to shoot down drones and then use the cannon to slow their descent down so they can safely crash into a lake mm-hmm. that should tell you all you need to know about that seems awesome <laughs> it seems awesome they yeah. just keep firing at you. they just yeah yeah so understood it's not you know it's not going in the vault as uh so as you, AF, afi's top 100 movies but here's I a like question it. for you how yeah. did stallone not work his way into this i think it was pre-stallone comeback right like this the a-team is basically i mean he just ripped it off and made the expendables i don't think expendables yeah yeah i don't think we've gone through like that renaissance yet but this could have easily have been easily yeah and arnold yeah and dolph like (laughs) i do remember the show being a big deal i remember my cousins my older cousins loved the show i loved the show yeah, my dad loved the show, and we used to watch it. Yeah, good okay. pick. There's my five. Good pick. Halfway home, and now a lot of dog shit. Yeah, a lot. Which is why I wanted to do ten. I wanted to force you to really make some hard do five decisions and then start talking about the bullshit that's out here. We this will go fast. For those wondering, looking at the, the clock, saying like, uh I got a double this time. You won't have to. There is not much to say about a lot of these. I guess I'll take Starsky and Hutch. That's the attitude you should have. Yeah. I mean, only because, like, I did know about the show. It Starsky and Hutch is enough pop culture prior to this coming out in 2004. Um, I'm not saying I watched the show religiously, but people said Starsky and Hutch I mean you know classic buddy cop yeah uh, favorite thing about Starsky and Hutch obviously Carl. not Owen Wilson obviously not Owen Wilson uh, Snoop wow. Dogg Snoop Dogg in there Will Ferrell in there Vince Vaughn in there Todd yeah. Phillips directing Jason Bateman in there yeah uh, if you showed this to me on paper I would think you know this is going to be great and it's not like it's terrible it's just I feel like he really wanted to capitalize on that. I mean, I think this is 04, right? So Zoolander was 01. 
Yeah, it was that there was like a four year run where they just made a different movie with the same cast. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Dodge By the way, for those of you listening summer. at home, that little rip that he just did, that Kurt just did of casting, he's not looking at anything. That was off the top of his head. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's just uncanny. But I think they did Dodgeball later. That's I mean, the 04 would have been Anchorman and and Dodgeball, which Anchorman versus this. I mean, I know that they were all talking. It's all dumb comedy, but Anchorman feels like you can, that's the shift you were talking about. You know, you were talking about like 90s, 90s comedy, 90s movie. Right. Like that feels like a shift between that type of comedy and Anchorman, the beginning of, of shitty this early aughts, 2000s yeah. run. Yeah. This Apatow, Adam McKay run. So at the risk of getting sued again for, for copyright infringement, uh, right. just a real quick one here of Apex Mountain. Uh, for those of you who have ever heard of another podcast that we're not going to talk about. You should is check it this, out. It's a less successful version of this. Yeah, right. go ahead. Is this Apex Mountain for Carmen Electra? Forgot she was in this. Yes. <laughs> well, Last Dance documentary might be it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, to be a fly on the wall when Michael Jordan dragged Robin out of the room. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And if you want to just take a fun run down uh, some wild movie names, go to Carmen Electra's IMDb because there's things I, I mean, we curse on this podcast, but there are things I cannot say. Yeah, it's it is uh, just unbelievable. Yeah. Paycheck's paycheck. Do you think that Joel Embiid ever has to go into Delilah's and pull James Harden out of? Uh, no, because I think he's a known entity. Like, the fact that when James Harden was signed, I was listening to sports radio and a stripper called in to welcome him to the city. Like we all knew what we were getting. Yeah. Um, and she was from Club Risque. It was, it was great. They had a sign out front, um, steak dinner. Oh, the the, the, the competition to get him. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, the I mean, it's all like, comp- it's oh. all like a two mile radius. He can. Right. He just, you know, um, right. But no, I mean, Joel knew what he was getting. And Joel doesn't go out. Out. I mean, he doesn't leave no. his house. So, uh, you know, maybe they're sending Tyrese out there to get him. But you know what you're going with James Harden? No offense, some some assists, no defense, and some uh, some dancer visits. Currently getting smoked by the Bucks. Really by the Bucks. Uh, 80 to 68. Not a good. Philly sports having a nice having a nice run here, but a little bit of a downstretch between game two of the Phillies and maybe starting off 0-2 in the Sixers season. That's all right. The birds look all right. It's a, you'll we be all right. We had a strong much, weekend. Much better than Chicago. Chicago strong. has no ray of light whatsoever in any sport. Uh, all right, that was your six. I'm going to take... You know, I'm going to take uh, the movie from this year, Rescue Rangers, which was a show that I loved as a kid and I, I heard they were rebooting it. And I, then I heard they got John Mulaney and Andy Samberg to play the two voices. And yeah, I just like how they, they didn't do a straight reboot. It's, it's grounded in the reality of, of, as if the, the characters are real people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the best part is Tim Robinson as, as, uh, as the original Sonic from the movie, which is such an inside baseball reference of 
the Sonic they made originally for the movie was so reviled by the internet that it was replaced. And so in this, <laughs> in this universe, he is, he is that Sonic who was replaced. And just, of course, Tim Robinson would be from the, I think you should leave fame. Uh, would, I didn't would play see that this. Role. It's, it's on Disney plus. You would like it a lot. I need to it's, go. Yeah. I'm looking at it's John Mulaney right and John Mulaney. Yeah. It's real good. A lot of it was over my kid. Yeah. JK Simmons is in there. A lot of it was over my kids' heads, but they like it. And it's, I was trying to nudge him in that direction of like, hey, you want to watch Rescue Rangers tonight? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, this is nice. Six. Uh, 80% too. Pretty good. Over to you. Again, like I'm happy being done. Yeah, but you're not. I know. I don't know. Um, Jesus. There's so much terrible things out here. You took the equalizer, right? I Do you mean to cut this from a top 10 to a top 8 and, and show mercy? No, that's okay. I can muscle okay. through. I'm a, I'm a big boy. Um, for my own. All right, so you got Scooby-Doo on here. I'll take it. Yeah. But which movie are we talking about? The first one that uh, came out in like the 2000s? I had the, the Matthew Lillard one in my uh, Right. Yeah, that one in my head. 2002, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. yeah. That's the one that James Gunn wrote. The guy that did Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, yeah, Matt would Matt would be all over this. But yeah, I'm in on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller's in there. Hell it's yeah. Daphne. Uh I can't remember who Velma was. Uh, but our boy, Rowan Atkinson. Mm-hmm. He's in there as well. So get those paychecks. Yeah. I didn't know about Matthew Lillard before this. I obviously knew about Scooby Doo. Um you know, the cartoons were still big, I think, when we were young. Was Freddie Prince Jr.? I guess he was the bigger. Yeah, he was Fred. Yeah. He was the bigger name at the time. I guess him and Sarah Michelle Geller was. He was probably, yeah, he was the anchor on this thing. That's for sure. Yeah. I guess um, people are going to see the dog. They're not going and, to see uh... And Sugar Ray. <laughs> the whole band of Sugar Ray. <laughs> They were, they were, hey man, 2002, they were, they were pulling, they were putting butts in seats. Do you remember the, the Robin Williams, uh, Billy Crystal movie, Father's Day? No. They're yes. in that too. They're in that too. Sugar Ray just signing Are checks. They really? Yeah. That's a good movie, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's better than World's Greatest Dad. Oh my God. <laughs> Hard left turn in that movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, why'd you say that? <laughs> and he's dead. Oh, man. Okay. And he's dead. I'm going to go uh, The Adams Family from 1991, not the most recent remake. Um, yeah, that was good. 66%. That's a moment like they hit, they hit the casting out of the park. Who with, was Uncle uh, Fester in that? Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. Nailed it. Raul Julia. Nailed it. Angelica Houston. Nailed it. Um. Somebody, I was talking to somebody though that who was it? Doesn't matter. Maybe even Brian. Uh, he was saying he showed it to his kids. There's typed Raw Julia instead of Adam's family. Um, that's a yeah. Uh, he said it's he, 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 I think his kids watched it, which yeah, he said like it's it's much more sexualized than I thought it was. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm sure. That uh, was Gomez is like real handsy, all over, isn't he? All over all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Who plays him? Raul Julia. Oh, right. You just yeah. said that and typed it. That's all right. Um, yeah, he's super handsy. I do remember that. My daughter just watched the uh, the newer one, 
Yeah. Which I think is animated, right? It is. Which was probably, the, yeah. You don't want to touch. I mean, they, they did the first one. So uh, Christina Ricci was uh, was Wednesday. That's right. Casper, yeah. Casper alum. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I, as far as the show, I didn't like the show that much. I was always a Munsters guy over, over the Adams family. I love Fred Gwynn. Oh, I love the Munsters. Munsters were great all over me. Too. I'm actually, I have, I have a list of shows that I can't believe that they haven't tried to remake yet. And the Munsters is one of them other than all just over me TV. Maybe Fred Gwynn is just not replaceable. Um, you need a guy who is enormous, who is also pretty good comedic actor. But I could see like TNT being like, hey, Shaq, you want to do uh They had a better runs? car. Yeah. The Monsters had a better Monster car. Mobile? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, it's over to you. Three more and you're out of here. <sighs> okay. sense. I remember my parents taking me to see this and like what, how excited I was to see it. 94 again, right in the wheelhouse of uh, that nostalgia thing. Rosie O'Donnell throwing a hundred, right? Like that's apex mountain Rosie at 94. The year 94 is probably apex for Rosie. Moranis, Rick Moranis, our boy, Barney Rubble, John Goodman, perfectly cast. Great yeah. Fred Flintstone. Who was the who... villain in that? Was Rob Lowe? There was somebody who was like a, fa- a, a uh, handsome guy as the famous, as the villain. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think it was Rob Lowe. That'd be great. I do not think it was Rob Lowe. Jonathan Winters was in here. Uh, <laughs> that was probably one of the first things I ever saw him in as a, like outside of like a Tonight Show experience. Yeah. Who was the villain? Oh, you know who the villain was? Oh, Halle Berry it was, was Kyle nice. uh, McCallan or whatever his name is. Really, McLahan, McLaughlin? Yeah, <laughs> he's the guy McLaughlin. in Twin Peaks. I just he, he was. Uh, I just saw him. I watched uh, High Flying Bird for the first time. Uh, yeah, he was in Twin Peaks ago. Yeah, he's like annoying looking. Yes, handsome's a word for it, but like you, you kind of just want to punch him. All yeah, the time. The punchable face is very. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's and he was he show. was a great villain for this movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like the Flintstones though. I mean, I was I think I was uh, I laughed more at the Flintstones as a kid, but I liked the idea of what the Jetsons was more as a kid, like the futuristic aspect of the Jetsons, and and they were always head to head rivals. Um, yeah, there was just some stat or something flying around the internet that uh Leroy right George's boy mm-hmm. was apparently just born uh really yeah like his birth certificate was something 2022 so that's uh ooh. by the way the the John Goodman comment reminded me you know we're human Jeff you and I make mistakes things happen someone pointed out to me uh way back when we did the desert island filmography for mm-hmm. an a-lister uh, apparently I said something along the lines of John Goodman not being an A-list actor and not being a chance to not, not being great actor, but not given a chance to to lead. And someone pointed out the movie King Ralph, which is a or and the babe. And I said, point taken. Those are <laughs> it is his name and his name alone on the uh above the marquee. 
So, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, for a Fred Flintstone casting, I don't know who else you would have gone with. In the 94, time. I mean, he's like right in the thick of Roseanne, wasn't he? This is a layup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was basically Fred Flintstone on Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. Right. He'd come yeah, out from I, work, I just saw him He was, he was not living. The table. He was not living a healthy lifestyle during no. Roseanne, apparently. Yeah. According to him. Yeah. A very um, outspoken, uh, alcohol free sober yeah. brethren at this point yeah thank god for it by the sounds of it he looks much better uh it, it's striking how yeah he looks better at 70 now than he did it it's funny he got he got mid 40s everybody's immediate reaction was like oh he's sick mm-hmm. no he's actually healthy no he's actually yeah he's a really good actor too yeah. uh i'm gonna take <clears throat> man this is a weird pick I'm going to take uh, 2009's Land of the Lost, which is a movie that really turned a lot of people off. And they thought you can have it. Weird. Yep. It's either. I mean, there's a reason. Listen, it's a reason this this far down my list. But I love Danny McBride. I, I still think Farrell is really funny, but you can just tell when Farrell doesn't have Adam McKay as a writing partner or someone directing him. But it's he's still a really funny actor. And this this movie has its moments. This also has not moments in it um but I, I think i've said what i need to say that's really yeah it was fine i mean it, it was, was a it, it seemed like riding the danny mcbride train if danny mcbride hadn't been in it it would have been abysmal um i it, as far as the show goes i know this was a show in the 70s there was a saturday morning remake of this though and that's the one that i remember but apparently there was a much campier version of this in, in the seventies. And that's, that's what they're poking fun at. But anyway, that's my eight. All right. You're down to two more. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Not really. Um, I'll go to Georgia, the jungle. There you 90, go. 97. I loved this book when I was a kid. I did too. Brendan Fraser coming back. I'm so happy. Me too. Everybody is. Everybody, Everybody, is. Everybody loves this guy. I know. Ah, oh, but this was, I mean, this was great. Um, obviously not 600 pounds in this movie. Nope. Uh, Very svelte in this movie. My boy, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. Here. I'm a huge Thomas Hayden Church fan. I don't understand why that guy isn't more successful. I um, feel like that's one of those, like a guy Pierce, where you just actively chose to not pursue things that, would have helped you out yeah but i i went back and watched clips of this movie thomas hayden church and leslie mann both look i mean they look younger but like not that much like they i mean this movie was how old when was this 97 97 yeah I, yeah i mean he looks the same now mm-hmm. he's handsome, a good looking man strong speaking of strong jaws yeah Whew. i think i heard he lives like on a ranch in Texas. That sounds right. Like he made enough money and continues to do movies to just sustain a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think when he goes out, I mean, probably in his own, if he's living in this Texas town, I'm sure they've just kind of accepted him in. But if he were to go out somewhere, you think he's recognized like left and right? Or you think it's like one out of every... 10 
Well, he looks a little bit like a Texas rancher, so he might blend in kind of well. I mean, you know, you put a cowboy yeah. hat on THC and uh, it, it yeah. fits, right? But I do think, like, I think if I saw him walking down the street, I don't know if I would right away go, that's Thomas Hayden Church. But I think I would be like, oh, that's that yeah. guy, right? I think, and I think that's probably what he gets. Yeah. And by the time people put it together, they're already He's like, in an Uber. Yeah. Fuck yeah. off! Was it was oh, him? I love. Oh, we should have got a picture. We should have asked him. Well, I don't Do want you to know be that Giamatti? guy. I don't want to be that guy. Loved you in Sideways. <laughs> Spider Man, not so much. Spider Man Three was a misfire. That's probably burned him. He's like, you know what? I tried to do the right thing. I tried to do a mainstream movie. You guys shit all over me. You know what? Back to ranching. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh, all right. So my nine is going to be a straight Steve Martin pull, but it's Sergeant Bilko. From 1995, it's a remake of the Phil Silver Show, which I remember seeing ads for on TV Land, which was the direct TV channel we had that they showed old reruns. So, like right after mm-hmm. Petticoat Junction, yeah. they would show uh, premium you know, TV, right? Um, it's just Steve Martin acting as an irresponsible army sergeant. That's it. That's <laughs> that's the whole premise. Is it? Is it anything like? Uh, it just sounds like a, a different version of uh, Gomer Pyle. It's a mix of Gomer Pyle and Stripes, I would say. Oh, it sounds way better than Gomer Pyle then. But it's 31%. So I'll just, I'll, if you like Steve Martin, then you'll like it. I do. And I hate Gomer Pyle. So it's an Indiana native. You should really, really tread carefully. Who, Gomer? Jim Neighbors. Yep. Really? Mm hmm. The voice. He sings, uh, he sings back home again in Indiana, or he sang back home again in Indiana before every Indy 500. Uh, you're right. I still hate him. Okay. Hate him. <laughs> Doesn't change anything. Still hate him. Your last selection. Yeah. I got to tell you, folks, the list I'm looking at, it's just downright. Oh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? It has nothing to do with do I really like it or not. Uh, I just need to check something before I pick yeah. this. And... Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with Dudley Do-Right. I'm going to bring our boy, Brendan Frazier, into this list one more time. Clearly capitalizing on the success of George of the Jungle. They said, let's run this back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just saw it at the bottom of the list. Uh, I like it. Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm -hmm. Not so much. But uh, you get Eric Idle in there, man. This is a very meta pick. Like this is we're we're working Casper back in with Eric Idle. Uh, this is great. There's a method to the madness. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Fantastic. Uh. Could care less about the movie though. To tell you the truth, I mean that's I'm fine just, with me. I'm, I'm filling a slot here. I am going to also fill a slot, and I am going to. Well, but first of all, let me let me read off what didn't get picked, and then I'll, I'll say my tenth. So 19, this was, this, these two were close for me. 1995 is the Brady Bunch, which was kind of the first one that like did like, let's, let's do this and let's do tongue in cheek a little bit. Like, but if they had done it now, it would have been much more leaned into. Uh, 2008 to get smart. Okay. Uh, Transformers. I, I don't know if that's really, a, I don't know. I guess it's a remake, whatever. Beverly Hillbillies, Dukes of Hazard, Chips, Charlie's Angels, which has been rebooted a few times. Baywatch. Matt would have definitely taken Baywatch. He, I probably t- he took it on another. He did take. He took it on the uh, yeah the the infamous Rotten Tomatoes. Idiot. Fantasy Island. I guess they remade. They did a Rocky and Bullwinkle. 
The Honeymooners, Mod Squad, My Favorite Martian, Bewitched, which was, you don't want to talk about like a a cast that was incredible. Uh, Will Ferrell, Nicole Kidman, Michael Caine, Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell. Flat on its face. Flat on its face. Just totally misguided. Leave it to Beaver. Uh, The Avengers, not that one. The, The rough... Uh, Ray Fines and Uma Thurman one. Dark Shadows, Power Rangers, and <laughs> the Lone one. Ranger. Lone Ranger already bad. Now that we know all the weird stuff about Army Hammer, it'll get buried forever, probably where it deserves. My 10th and final selection is 1987 uh, Dragnet with uh, same year as The Untouchables, very different remake from the show. Yeah. They chose to go, you know, the show that's, I, I do remember watching the show uh, after I had seen the movie. And thinking, oh, this is not, you know, I was like eight, but I was like, oh, this is not, uh, this is not funny at all. This is the opposite of funny. This is very down the middle. Um, but Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Nice little movie. Yeah. So that's our list. Before I, I'll, at the end, before we leave, I'll, uh, I'll recap where we, our top tens. I think people have had enough at this point. Uh, I had I, I did, had said I, to you Power Rangers early on, but I think it breaks the rule because I, I think they were the same. Continuation. Okay. Yeah. This whole podcast is for nothing. Uh, I wanted to point out uh, movie, the opposite movies that were then made into TV shows. And here's the ones I thought of where they were good. And it's not a long list. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh-huh. Mash, which is probably the most successful one, yeah. movie movie being good. Those two are both movie being good, show also being very good. Mash, w- w- Mash, what like top five show of all time? Like Mash Cheers, ten, right. top ten show uh, without argument, um, yeah. ever on television. Yeah. I think it had held a record for a while. like ratings for a finale was like oh oh yeah 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 yeah. I thought you meant like just. A ranking no yeah it is i think it is the number one rated show ever i mean that show people my parents love capital l love that show movie a lot more raunchy uh but still good um and the odd couple was the other one that i had that actually that was a yeah good movie and good show um the bad version of this is much more it's just there's a lot more bad ferris bueller uncle buck clueless harry and the hendersons not great and i heard lethal weapon was okay um before we go i wanted to know from your stance what's what's some shows that you can't believe that that they haven't dusted this off and said like let's let's mine some ip out of this well so was there a 24 movie no, but they rebooted the show itself. Yeah, but that would have been strong. Um, Twenty-four I mean, hour that, movie. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> but how much do you love Keeper Sutherland enough to? But sit I in think the theater? I think the reason I say it is that you know you got twenty-four episodes or whatever, and it was all that one hour that they. Think. Once they killed that that show, they could have revised that. You can't do it the other way, right? No. You can't be like, hey, this is really we could get this whole thing done in two hours. But yeah. I remember, I mean, that was a Monday night edge of your seat. Everybody was tuned in. Oh, I love that show. Um, 
I think that could have been done. Uh, Side note, both of my computer monitors to my right and my left are elevated uh, by four 24 DVD box sets. Really? Serving a purpose. (laughs) Big Kiefer fan. Um, So there's a lot on me TV that I think could have been done. You had the honeymooners on this list. I think that was a travesty. There's a way you could have done that. That would have been some stuff just shouldn't be touched. Let me, let me read down the list that I have. Just no, no commentary really. Just like, do you think you could be rebooted or no? Sixers are winning. Go ahead. There you go. Andy Griffith show. Mm, no cast is too. I think uh, not without Barney the cast. Is, not without the cast. Don Knotts is like, yeah. Yeah. Green, Green Acres. Yeah. Anybody could have done that. Hogan's Heroes. Uh, actually, the more and more, I mean, it's it's my, I love that movie, but the more and more I learn about the cast of that movie, yeah, they should probably redo it with somebody else. <laughs> it's a premise that I can't believe, as much as this is Slam Dunk is like Nazis is the villain are like, yeah, I don't know. Happy Days, I feel like nah. Henry Winkler is too iconic. Gilligan's Island, I can't believe they haven't done. Yeah. I mean, Castaway. True. And I Dream of Genie, which maybe Bewitched scared the crap out of him. I'm like, let's not do that. Well, I don't know that you can do I Dream of Genie today. I mean, she's too dumb. It is pretty you know probable. I mean? you, you could maybe reverse it, which I guess they just did that Idris Elba movie is, uh, where he's a genie. And like Bewitched. That Will Smith guy did one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bewitched, she has more agency around using her power. Yeah. yeah. We've stumbled into something I didn't want to stumble into. So we should go. Um, we on do. the Second Amendment. <laughs> Who are you voting for? Uh, so here's your top 10. Miami Vice, Casper, Little Rascals, Wild Wild West, Untouchables, Starsky and Hutch, Scooby-Doo, Flintstones, George the Jungle, Dudley Do-Right, Gobert and Frazier. Uh, Mine is Mission Impossible, The Fugitive, 21 Jump Street, The Equalizer, The A-Team, Rescue Rangers, Adam's Family, Land of the Lost, Sergeant Bilko, and Dragnet. Jeff, this was fun. What's your prediction for the Philly series? Oh, no. I don't answer those questions. I'm sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> I am uh, <laughs> far too superstitious to... Like, if I'm watching yeah. a game... I, I've watched... I've left people's homes. Let me just put it to you that way. Like, comments have been made. I've also stopped inviting people over to my home. I can uh, no longer stay here. Yeah. Oh, this one's in the bag. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Have you been sent here to destroy me? <laughs> There's 12 minutes left. Like, what, what do you mean? Not close. <laughs> do you know what can happen in a game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I, There's I nothing will, as stressful as playoff baseball. There's no time limit. Oh, my goodness. You sent a text, text yesterday saying, will we ever get out of this inning? And I've, I've been there. <laughs> I'm like, my God, this, this inning will never end. I'm going to die in this seat. Yes. Yeah. Not going to end. I had to move my seat at the t- dinner table. Um, obviously we weren't going to turn it off, but the other night, I mean, I, I, that, that ninth inning, uh, Oh, closing games out becomes, you know, that, that toss to boom. I I mean, I yelled the F word so loud in my house at 11 o'clock at night. Yep. My son's been sick, not sleeping well. My wife texted me and said, I will kill you. (laughs) <laughs> you'll never I will watch, raise these children alone you'll never watch another baseball game as long <laughs> like sports shut be dead up, in this house. shut up shut 
your mouth. I remember that happened in, in game one of the NLDS in 2016 when the Cubs made the World Series run. Javi Baez hit one out as in a one nothing game. And I screamed downstairs and we had just gotten our oldest daughter to sleep. Yeah. And Katie just let me have it. Rightfully so. Yeah. I don't know. She woke up. She woke up. It's not rightfully so. I mean, look, this is a thing. It's there's nothing I can do about it. Um, you know the feeling though, when it's when especially in a nothing, nothing game in the I think it was the either the seventh or the eighth, you're just waiting for a run, like something, like come on. It's and it finally happens. Yeah, yes. Or if it goes the other way, Off. you know, I mean, the momentum can switch in an instant in a game surrounded by hours of nothing, right? They it's love long showing periods it. of boredom surrounded by brief moments of panic. And it, TV crazy. crews seem to love showing little kids in the stands mm-hmm. crying mm-hmm. as that feeling like, mm-hmm. and I think that they're subtly showing like, oh, here's a kid learning about life. Just like, well, it's also like, you got yeah. It's also just like, hey, uh, you haven't grown out of this face. Like, here's a <laughs> seven year old who's very upset about this meaningless baseball game uh, that has zero impact on your life. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm at home. Like, I ripped my sweatshirt off. Like, when he missed that, when he missed that pass, I, I, my I, clothes were flying. I'm like throwing shit in my kitchen. Yeah, You know, did it have any impact on my income or my health or anything? My health, no. yeah, it did actually. My whoop went <laughs> freaking crazy. But yeah, I'm that seven-year-old kid crying in the stands. I don't know what to tell you. I've left games. I have. Yeah. I'm like, maybe it's me. Maybe I got to go. Kids are next level, though. Like, I remember being in a basketball game when I was like, I don't know, maybe like 10. Maybe a little younger than that. And it was like the second it was our high school team and it was like the championship game of a sectional and it was like the second quarter and we were down like seven and i started i was like crying and my dad was like what's wrong and i was like we're gonna lose and he was like it's the second quarter (laughs) it's a a seven point deficit like this is like the normal ebb and flow of a game i just i just know we're gonna lose (laughs) my cousin right before we go so i got a cousin kevin I, I don't know if he listens to this or not. I know my cousin Sean does, and there's only three of us on the one side. So I shall have a group text. Hey, Sean. Uh, Kevin uh, lives a life that I just can't imagine. He's a, young, he's a little younger than us, but he goes to every game that is played in public. Uh, he travels for games. Uh, I've been a, a, a really nice golf events. I bump into him. He, he just It's unbelievable the amount of money he spends on professional sports good for him he had a losing record not just a losing record but a really bad record at lincoln financial field for two years couldn't get away and i begged and pleaded with him to stop going and convinced him for a period of time to stop going to home games and it worked for a little while and then last year we got hot and he starts sending me pictures It'd be like the second quarter and I'd get a picture of from inside the stadium. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I got invited. I'm like, what are we doing? Like we, I don't know what to tell you. Like you have to go home. And uh, yeah, he sucks. I don't know. He's still going to games (laughs) so far. Selfish. Seems like he's turning it around a little bit, but uh, yeah, 
it was a big, it almost broke our family apart. Let me just put it to you that way. <laughs> so no, I will not be making a prediction okay. on the NLCS. Uh, I don't yeah, even know everything. Everything going Sixers look. Sixers are look competitive. Last weekend was Eagles something great. that was just un. It, it's never happened in the city before. I'm surprised that there's anything left in the city. I thought that after Sunday night's win against Dallas, like that was it. It was just going to turn into a giant black hole, and everything was going to suck is. inside itself. I mean, we had, is, it was a crazy weekend of sports. This is the only um, way it could happen. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what; these games, uh, win or lose, are a lot more fun to watch than uh, six of the actually no nine of the of the ten. I think I put up tonight. So, but it has been enjoyable yeah. to be back, and I I do think we'll publish this. I think we will. Yeah, back on the back on the horse. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another one. Maybe. Or maybe this is it for good. I don't know. Who knows? All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. See you.